Welcome, everyone, to another monthly roundup. As we're a national group based across the land that we call Australia, we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of this land uh, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. I'd specifically like to acknowledge the uh, Wurundjeri people uh, of the Kulin Nation as the custodians of the land from which I'm coming to you from. Um, and I would like to pay my respects to the elders past and present of all First Nations people across the land. Uh, I'm James. I'm a librarian at the Melbourne Athenaeum Library, and I'm uh, the secretary of Alia Graphic. Uh, and I'm here with Jörgi Urucia, um, which I think I, I, I hope my pronunciation of that's getting better, Jörgi. Uh, it's, it's getting there it's getting, it's getting there. there yeah <laughs> i do i try and get that that r roll in there these days but it's it's um so yeah hopefully i, I don't massacre it too much um, so yes i'm here with yogi uh did you want to say hi hello everyone i'm excited to be here again uh and yogi is from uh kingston libraries uh, in in uh, Melbourne's southeast, it's been an interesting month. Uh, this month, there's been quite a few new releases um, and a fair bit of news. But I think we should get started with the really big stuff coming out of Alia Graphic, don't you, Yogi? Yeah. Well, um, hopefully everyone's already listened to it. But um, yeah, um, we had a recent podcast episode, a really special podcast episode, talking about comic book challenges and bans. And this is an issue that, uh, of course, it's a very hot topic issue, um, very hot issue in the US because they, they are suffering a wave of, um, an increased wave of uh, challenges and bans. And this is, this presents itself in different ways in different states. Um, and sometimes it can be, um, you know, genuine concerned parents, uh, about certain content. And, you know, you just need to, I guess, listen to them and, um, talk to them and explain why, uh, that graphic novel, um, is at the library, you know, that they may object to it, but others may not. And, uh, you know, and, it may have won awards or been highly reviewed or things like that. Yeah. But in other cases, there has um, been also an organized campaign uh, by certain groups as well, which is a worry when, when those things happen. Um, of course, in the US, that's what's happening. In Australia, the context is a little bit different. Um, we are not seeing challenges and bans um, as such, or, you know, or they're very rare, uh, usually. Uh, but, of course, these things do happen here as well. And, uh, you know, sometimes you may get a concerned parent or even a concerned teacher, I've heard a few times, you know, who may object to certain content. And I think uh, um, as librarians, we need to, this is something that we need to be really aware of um, and we need to be prepared for it. And we need to uh, know why those graphic novels are there and, you know, um, how to defend them. And, um, you know, and the collection development policy is central to that. 
Um, and I think in the discussion, there were a few other great points as well. Like, for example, if someone challenges a book, but they haven't really read it, well, then, you know, that challenge is, is void, you know. <laughs> um, um, so you need to ask those questions. Have they read it? What do they object to specifically? You know, they need to tell you specifically what they object to it uh, and, and things like that. Uh, the discussion goes for nearly an hour and a half, um, and it's with uh, four of the committee members um, of the American Library Association's um, committee looking at these things, and specifically of the Comics Roundtable. Yeah, so not, not just the ALA, it's the GNCRT have got a subcommittee of their own looking at this, yeah. Yeah, it's a really great discussion, and... Um, which, of course, would serve as your professional development as well, you know, for Alia, if you're, if you're doing that. Uh, and, um, you know, and in the episode notes, we also put uh, quite a few resources that um, the committee members shared with us. So um, I'm, I'm really proud of the episode that we did and, you know, I'm really proud that... Uh, uh, we had them uh, as guests and uh, that they were willing to give that time and, you know, their knowledge and share their experiences and all that. Uh, so, yeah, I really encourage everyone to listen to it if they haven't already. And um, not only that, you know, let us know what you think. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, uh, direct messages are always open or on Facebook as well. You can tell us openly if you want, if you're comfortable with that. But, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable with that, just send us a direct message or a private message in Facebook or even uh, write to our email, uh, aliagraphicinfo at gmail.com. We'd love to know uh, what you think of it. And you were part of that discussion as well. well I was. What did was, you think? I thought it was a really interesting discussion. Um, some really uh, some stuff that's quite depressing but also some stuff that's really hopeful that is that is coming out of this situation in America um, and lots of stuff that, be it the sort of stuff that we're seeing of the rare individual challenge or if Australia became more, if, if Australia started to go more down the line that some places in America are going down, um, it feels like the, uh, a lot of the advice is useful to both those situations and everything in between. So, um, and lots of really good uh, stuff about um, preparing, not just responding. I think it was the other big thing is uh, the stuff that you can have in place so that if it does come along and it might not come along and it might be uh, not there, not, not specifically needed, yeah. but stuff that, that, you know, you're you're ready for it. If it does come along, you're not just being responsive. And I think a lot of that, uh, as I've looked back on the conversation since then, I've gone, actually, a lot of that's really relevant outside of the context of bans and challenges as well, just to smooth library operation. So, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of really good stuff in there, I think. Yeah, and I, I would also encourage people to really reflect on... Um, not just challenges and bans, but also on soft censorship. Mm. And that is, you know, things that are, you know, that they're not policy or no one's directly challenging something. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, sometimes 
librarians or teachers may be quietly uh, withdrawing some uh, comics or graphic novels uh, because maybe they don't agree with the content or maybe because um, they feel like they're not proper reading. Uh, as we know, <laughs> that, uh, that there are some people that believe those things. And, you know, maybe, oh, you know, they keep reading these comics, so I'm just going to hide them for a while. That's soft censorship, but it is a way of, you know, um, depriving kids of what they want to read. Uh, and I think those things are unacceptable. So that kind of soft censorship is something that we should be aware of as well. And I think it's really mm -hmm. important that we have those conversations and that we educate people about why we have this uh, format or this medium on the library and why it's so popular and why it's a great thing that um, kids are reading um, comics. Not just reading, which is always a plus, but also reading comics in particular, which I think it's awesome. Mm. It was also, and and this, and um, that was also the topic for this month's um, Graphic Book Club, which at the time of recording, uh, we've just had. Um, and uh, it's, it was a really, really interesting discussion. Um, uh, and lots of lots of interesting stuff there um and i do we do and we do try and um have topics that are relevant to libraries um and we decided to do that in september to coincide with band book week um and where uh, so yeah in, encourage people to to join join the um book club again um it's uh alia have confirmed that it, it counts towards pd to be part of this and part of that discussion so um and even to if you can't make it to the um, to the meetings to to sign up so you get the link to the recording afterwards. And I, I was really sorry that I missed that one this month. Um, I was out and about, um, but uh, uh, you know we had three really interesting comics, and uh, you know I, I mean Mouse is obviously you know. Everyone should know Mouse. Um, I'd be surprised <laughs> if they didn't. And it's great that we were discussing that. Um, Band Book um, Club. Club, yep. Yeah, uh, also uh, a great one uh, to talk about. Uh, but also Gender Queer, you know, which I think it's, um, it, it's a hot one to talk about because it's probably the most challenged graphic novel in the US um, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and it's and Mouse, great... has, and Mouse has been challenged a lot in that period as well. Like, um, But also Mouse has been challenged throughout its publication history. It was being yeah. challenged from the start. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And, and, and um, the reason we had Banned Book Week in there is because I'm not aware of that specifically having challenges and bands um, aimed against it, but it is dealing with addressing like how to deal with it. So um, that's not it's 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 not specifically its focus, but that is a, a, a part of this person's story. So yeah. So since we're talking about uh, the graphic novel club, well, what do we have um, next month? So next month. It's October, Halloween, so we're looking at horror comics. And uh, we have the three for, for next month are um, Uzumaki by Junji Ito, 
um, which is the English language version of that is Three Biz Media. That's a manga. Um, we've got Infidel um, by I think it's pronounced Pornsak uh, Pichetsote um, and Aaron Campbell. Um, I'm not sure about the pronunciation of of um, the name, but so my apologies if I've got that incorrect. Um, and that's through Image Comics. And uh, we have Lock and Key, uh, the first um, collected trade paperback of of that, which is and that is called Welcome to Lovecraft. And that's by Joe Hill and Gabrielle Rodriguez. And that's through IDW. You might know Lock and Key through the Netflix adaptation that's um, been happening. It's which is also quite good. Um, and if you're interested um, uh, in in coming along and you're you're reading it. Um, that's also something that we will probably touch on at some point is how it was the same and different in, in the adaptation and there and the horror elements, how that's from one to the other. So yeah. That's, and we'll just be, and we'll be talking about things like from there we'll be, we'll, that's the springboard for talking about things like um, uh, genreified collections in libraries and um, how, um, how the horror genre works. So, and bring it all back into how libraries can can engage with this. So, yeah, that's um, that, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, um, I hope I can be there for that one. I, yeah, I love horror, so as a genre. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, good stuff. So, do you want to talk to us about one of the greats of uh, comic book history in the US and Will Eisner and what's happening with that? So, yeah, Will Eisner is um, probably, um, I think, best known for creating the font that Disney uses. But after that, I think best known for uh, the graphic novel um, A Contract with God and Other Tenement Stories. And the spirit. And the spirit, yes. A contract with God is often uh, said to be the first, gra- the first graphic novel um, using that term. Um, it wasn't the first book to use that term, but it's um, often uh, said to be the first one to have popularised the genre of graphic novel. And it's now being taken across to Broadway for it to be a musical, uh, which is really exciting. There's, um, uh, it's going to be. Um, filled with uh, new and existing music from Jewish composers uh, and songwriters, uh, which will be which will be amazing um, and uh, really uh, really looking forward to this because um, comics, with the exception of Spider-Man Into the Dark, comics have really good um, form when it comes to uh, being tra- turned into musicals with um, uh, Alison Bechdel's Fun Home becoming fun home the musical um you're a good man charlie brown based on the peanuts comics uh and annie which is based on the little orphan orphan annie all multiple tony award winners um and yeah so there's some really good stuff so i think we can expect really good things from this um we can look forward to that uh but of course still early stages and a Broadway musical is a big thing, so we're probably looking at a few years before we start to see um, the before it opens or we get the the soundtrack or anything like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, and, and it's always exciting to to see that um, you know 
adaptations of comics into other mediums. And we've seen an absolute explosion in the last few years of comic book adaptations into films and TV series. Uh, but it's great to see them um, going into musicals as well. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. And and really great to see that it's the non-superhero comics are getting attention in different form for adaptation. So, cool. you know, we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC and the, the big blockbusters, but alongside that we've seen non-superhero and and all that comics being adapted there and we've seen them being adapted for stage um here and um obviously uh netflix we're just talking about the um lock and key adaptation um on for television and streaming so yeah um it's really good to see that that happen and um really really good it a way of bringing readers to comics through through other media as well. Yeah. So, of course, if you want to check out more news, we do have some more news on our blog post, which you can check on our blog. Of course, moving on, uh, there are new releases. And this month, I think there are a lot of great releases this month. So um, we're not going to discuss all of them. And, of course, I encourage everyone to, again, check on our blog and check all the new release titles. Uh, because, for example, Kate Beaton's uh, Dax is coming out, new graphic novel uh, from her, uh, Svetlana Chmakova's uh, Enemies as well, highly anticipated, um, a young adult release. Uh, but what's your pick this month, James? So uh, it's, it's a, as I said, tough one because lots have come out and um, everything, but... Um, I think my pick has to be um, Fantastic Four Full Circle by Alex Ross. The publisher is Abrams Comic Arts, which may sound odd that Fantastic Four is from someone other than Marvel. Um, this is the first time that Marvel has licensed a graphic novel, specifically licensed another graphic novel to a different publisher, um, I think in my lifetime. Um, well, no, not true completely. They, uh, they've... Uh, license some stuff to um, the Scholastic, but that's for kids. Are they have they licensed specifically licensed graphic novels, or yeah. have they? Okay, cool. I, I thought I, I had it in my head that the um, junior novels were Scholastic, and their other ones, their junior graphic novels, were were still yeah. Marvel. But yeah, so but um, this is. Um, very rare for Marvel to do this. Like we've had, totally, we've yeah. had, we've had a few, a few things over the years of, of stuff. But yeah, this is uh, not something. And kicking it off with Alex Ross as writer and artist. So Alex Ross, very famous artist um, in the comics world, over thirty years of experience. Probably best known for his art for Marvels, the graphic novel, looking at. Um, the uh, the the origins of of some of the major characters um, in in the Marvel um, wheelhouse and for Kingdom Come, which is looking at the a potential future for the uh, the Justice League over at DC. So you know, um, getting to tell some pretty big stories, um, but this is his first time as writer. So a um, few big firsts there. 
Um, and to best show off his art, they're doing it um, oversized. So it's um, it's going to be even more difficult to fit on shelves than your regular trade paperback. But um, I think with Alex Ross's art in there, it will be worth it. Um, so Absolutely. I'm really looking forward. I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, me too. And guess what? That was going to be my pick for this month. <laughs> so you stole it from me. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm glad you picked it up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm 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 dying to have this in my hands and uh, and to read it. I, it's it's always great to see his art, and uh, and it would be really interesting to see what he's done here with um, the Fantastic Four. And I think we're going to see a lot more of the Fantastic Four in the next few months as um, Marvel gears up to releasing the Fantastic Four into the MCU yeah. <laughs> in a big way. Yeah, it's all coming back to adaptations this month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My pick this month is um, actually I'm going to talk a little bit about the Ignatz Awards first. So mm -hmm. they've just been announced and um, you can find the link to all the winners on our blog. Um, and, which is, you know, as always, it's worth checking out the winners. Um, but we're especially proud that uh, Raymond Energy uh, has won the Outstanding uh, Artist Award for Alexander, the Servant and the Water of Life, a retelling of the life of Alexander the Great. Uh, so congratulations to, to Raymond. Uh, really, really happy for uh, this award. And um, why am I taking uh, talking about awards? Well, because she's also releasing a new graphic novel out this month. And it's called My Aunt is a Monster, and it's published by Penguin Random. And so, you know, Raymena is an illustrator, um, writer, and designer. Um, and she came originally from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, but she's now based in Melbourne. And I've noticed that a lot of readers of my library love um, her graphic novel from, I think, a couple of years ago, uh, Sian's Tea Party. And, you know, it's been borrowed a lot, and a lot of the kids love it. Um, uh, so I think that My Auntie's Monster will do really well at the library as well. So it's a contemporary fantasy middle grade graphic novel about discovering what you are truly capable of. And uh, the main character is Safia, who thought that being blind meant she would only get to go on adventures through her audiobooks. But this all changes when she goes to live with a distant and mysterious aunt, uh, Lady Whimsy, who takes Safia on a journey of a, on the journey of a lifetime. And for the first time in her life, uh, she's the hero of her own story and she must do what she can to save the day. And um, it, it sounds like a really fun and exciting graphic novel and I think um, kids um, will devour it. So that's my pick. That sounds really interesting. Um, and, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, definitely going to take a look at that too. Um, I really enjoyed um, Alexander the Servant and the Water of Life. I, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't read a, a huge amount of, of her work, but um, uh, really enjoyed that. Um, and of course, Alexander, the servant and the water of life is, uh, it was recently, uh, was it 
kickstarted or gofundme or something um it's been it's available for free online um and a print version is in the works um of of the first volume of what promises to be um, a very interesting multi-volume saga so definitely something to to check out um for yourself online and uh get the uh get the physical copy for the library when that comes out um, i'm not sure when that's expected probably uh given it's a crowdfunding thing probably still a little way off but yeah yeah uh, i don't know exactly but yeah mm-hmm. uh she's definitely um great artist um, and someone to keep an eye on mm-hmm. definitely and great storyteller so lots of the the news we've had awards we've had um announcements we've had new releases but we've been reading as as we are want to do um some some graphic uh some comics graphic novels this this month and one that that stuck out to me was parenthesis by elodie durand um this was a 2021 uh release from top shelf um it was originally in french and i think i think it was and two years before before that or something um and it's taken a taken a little while to come across into english but um it's been uh well worth it it's a graphic memoir and it's dealing with the uh epilepsy that um that uh, she's had um that was related to a brain tumor this is something that um that I when I when I heard about it, it was something that I wanted to, to take a look at because I discovered I have narcolepsy during COVID. Um, I was diagnosed with that there, and narcolepsy and epilepsy are related conditions. So um, very interesting. I found it confronting at times, um, very powerful, but uh, interesting. And she manages to make it an enjoyable read um, despite the the subject matter. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I think it's something that people who have, uh, and of course, it's it's telling one experience of it. It's not trying to it's not trying to say this is the experience. It's telling an experience, um, and of a particular form of of epilepsy due to um, the specific pressure in the brain at specific points from a foreign, well, from a tumor, um, but. Yeah, it's. Um, I think people who who have related conditions will will find stuff in that. But I think people who have no experience of epilepsy or any related condition or anything like that will find it an interesting story um, and uh, will potentially help them understand a bit better what epilepsy is. Yeah, and and of course. Um, um... The, this graphic novel actually won the Graphic Medicine Award mm. uh, this year. So yeah. it's the first time they've done it, and and it won the the award. So yeah, they definitely highly recommend it. Mm. And a bit of graphic medicine never never hurt anyone. Yeah, never hurt anyone. Absolutely, mm. you know. So that was my uh, highlight of my recent reading. Uh, what yeah. about get get us back onto a lighter note there, Yogi, with with yours. <laughs> Well, on a lighter note, I would have to say Neverlanders by Tom Taylor and John Sumariva. I um, I finally read it, uh, and uh, it's a blast. 
and uh, it's an absolute blast. I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm looking yeah. forward to the second, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I can't believe we almost got through the the roundup without mentioning it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, um, uh, that that was a highlight and a really fun one. Definitely want to pick up for your library. And that it's it's a all ages, um, just fun romp. Um, it's but manages to within that have some quite profound things to say. So yeah, classic Tom yeah, in that way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the art here looks amazing. Uh, mm. Really done, um, great job. And it's obvious that John was having a lot of fun. Um, mm. You know, um, drawing um, Neverland and all the different creatures. So yeah. yeah, really fun read. But apart from that, I read um, Cats of the the Louvre by uh, Tayo Matsumoto, which is published by Viz Media. It's not all shonen, so <laughs> they, they, this manga is quite different. Uh, um, it's Viz Media, but not shonen. Uh, I really love cat manga as well, I have to say. I've discovered in the last few years that uh, I don't know why, but I really love cat manga. Su Tai Chan, Rock My World. Um, excellent series. Um, uh, so, look, this one, it's uh, a bit of a surreal manga that uh, really lets the reader into the secret world of the cats uh, that live within the Louvre, uh, the museum. And so, yeah. Cats that secretly live within the museum. Um, there are also humans and maybe cats who can enter some of the paintings in the museum. And I'm not going to say much more. But uh, it mixes a slice of life story with elements of the surreal and a mystery that must be solved. Um, it's a standalone volume with quite a substantial story because it's, it's more than 400 pages. Um, and, yeah, I, I loved it. It was a really um, cool, chill, relaxed uh, read, and uh, yeah, I loved it. Sounds sounds really interesting. I've been um, getting into getting into manga myself recently, so I might have to check that out. Um, again, doing this, and I've I've ended up with you know to to buy list <laughs> to read list um, yeah. all over again. Yeah, but that's probably it from us for this this month so before we go um upcoming events obviously we already mentioned that um every month we've got the the graphic novel uh book club that we have on zoom um next month it's it's halloween um horror horror comic theme so um check out our website to to sign up for that if you're if you're interested and feel and, free to wear costumes yeah feel free to wear costumes and uh but as well coming up we've got this month uh we have not one but two creator chats um we've got um uh paul metcalf who is a uh librarian at um a uh tafe in in wa in albany and he's done some amazing stuff amazing work integrating some graphic novels into their uh into the collection i spoke to him about um the what what it means getting graphic novels into a academic library and and the processes and and how that all worked so really interesting um, and I think there's a lot to take out take from it 
um, no matter what type of lab you're in, um, and just about how graphic novels can can really fit into anywhere that you're anywhere that you're looking for for um, books. There will be um, comics and graphic novels to uh, to meet that need. Um, and, yeah, and the other one was with the other creator chat we've got coming up is with Gary Proudly, um, who has um, uh, quite a few comics through uh, Gestalt, two tomes of Telgard, one about Achilles and Patroclus, um, which is called Proudheart, and Plato's Parable of the Cave, all of which um, very interesting. Had a had a chat about um, about that mainly about Telgard because um, the second tome came out of that came out earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, had a chat about about all the different um, all these different projects. So yeah, um, that sounds really cool as well. And I'm really looking forward to uh, listening to that as well. And uh, I think with Targard is really interesting as well. Um, that uh, he's writing very short stories in each tome. Uh, there are quite a few short stories, mm. and they're all illustrated by artists, Australian artists. So that there are a lot of different Australian artists yeah. in so, each uh, of the tomes. So, not just so. not just illustrated by different artists. Everyone is by a different artist, and he doesn't want to reuse artists. They are specifically four pages each. Not so. That is the that is the length that that each one is, and it's a different artist. And it's a combination of of well known artists like Queenie Chan, Tim McEwen, um, Campbell White, uh, and new and upcoming. Um, who this is their first? For, as he said in the in the discussion, um, some of them this is their first published work, and it's great to be able to give them that opportunity. Um, so yeah, um, really interesting, really interesting discussion. Um, both of them really interesting, and they'll both be out uh, during the month. Um, yep. And then next month we have a webinar coming up. Um, and did you want to talk about this? Yogi? You're the one who's been putting the majority of the effort into organizing this so far. So did you yep. want to? Yeah. Sure, I can do that. Uh, so uh, last year we had a webinar, uh, our first webinar, and it went down pretty well. It was more of a success than what we even expected. And the recording uh, of that is still available on YouTube, so you can, if you're interested, go check that out. Absolutely. The recording of that is on our YouTube channel. And so this year we really wanted to do another one. And um, we're planning for the webinar for November. Um, I still can't give you an exact date, but it will be in November. And uh, so far we have uh, two guests confirmed. So we're going to have uh, Gabby uh, from our own team, uh, uh, from the Aliographic team. And she recently did a presentation for a school conference. And uh, so she's going to uh, do kind of a version of that. Um, a shortened version of that. Uh, and we also are going to have Gillian Rudis. Uh, she is the creator and the driving force behind the Manga in Libraries webinar series, which is sponsored by the Graphic Novels Roundtable in the US. And, and uh, it's been going on for more than a year now. 
Uh, it's been a huge success and uh, a really, really interesting webinar series uh, focusing on manga, and they've covered a lot of different topics, uh, really interesting topics. So I uh, we've recommended it a few times on our blog, and we've mentioned it uh, before on our podcast as well. And so we're, we're really happy that uh, she's going to join our webinar and uh, she's going to be our main speaker there. And uh, she also has uh, a, a book uh, the, um, about manga in libraries that uh, is going to be published next year. So I think it's a really good time to have her on the webinar. So, yeah, yeah really looking forward uh, uh, to all these really exciting things coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um... But that's all we have for this month. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you. We'll, we'll talk to you again next month. Yeah. We'll Bye. Talk next month. See you. Thanks for listening to Alia Graphic Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Alia Graphic. Email us at aliagraphicinfo at gmail.com and check our blog, aliagraphic.blogspot.com for updates, monthly roundups of news and new release titles.